Hello, No Code Nation. I'm Ayush, and you're listening to my No Code Story, the only no code podcast focused on real people and their authentic stories. Welcome to the future of the indie movement, where creators, freelancers, automators, and founders build products all without writing a single line of code. If you have a business idea and you're just learning about no-code tech, this is the best companion podcast for your journey. Learn from some of the best minds in no-code. Let's go. Before we get started, I have a small favor to ask. If you like what you hear on today's episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps more people benefit from the pod and lets me know that we're on the right track. Now, onto the show. So now that you've kind of discovered the lay of the land, discovered some of the skills that you might need to have um, as you're picking up no-code tech, um, what what do you need to do from like a visualizing the goal or visualizing your interest and in what you want to build? Like, um, are there some specific apps that are good for different use cases? How should someone think about that use case? Um, okay. Yeah. So there's also, you know, I definitely always like to start with uh, identifying your interests by maybe a goal or mm -hmm. something that maybe, you know, maybe I actually heard the other day. Um, I, I don't think it was built with no code. I, I don't think so, but the use case was still there. It was about a, uh, it was a marketplace. Uh, it was a, it was on a podcast and it was about a, it was a marketplace and it was called a uh, temp stars. Right. And it was okay. started by a dentist yeah. who was trying to build. So he was a dentist and he was on the side for five years building an online marketplace for temp dental hygienist. So I thought that was like, like, and he didn't go through no code. He talks about the pain points of hiring a developer going through. Right. It was the worst experience ever, you know, and, but that just goes to show like these are the extremes and niches that no code is actually like what this is real life. This isn't a movie, you know, yeah. like, like so, I've so seen no code is like crazy things. Positioned. Yeah. No code is For clearly anyone. positioned to disrupt yeah. this, right? Sure. Yeah. And it, later I'll get on one point, but I'll probably leave that before the, we exit, um, about, okay. you know, whether you should or shouldn't approach a certain, but, um, yeah. So but this, th these are some of the extremities that you can see in real life applications. And, and what I want to say is about the goal, um, or type of application. So maybe you're in your job, maybe you're a construction worker, but you're like, man, I just wish I had like a app or something for my small team of guys it was private to us. Um, so maybe that's a start point, you know, you want to be a mobile app or whatever. Right. So, you know, that will help you identify, or if you have a goal, you want to build a business, whatever example, these are just examples yeah, the, to get you thinking about what you want and where you want to go. This is where, uh, the experts in an industry, the functional experts can actually apply their expertise and solve problems that they uniquely are positioned to solve using no code tech. And which is their unique advantage. 
Exactly. Right? It's their unique advantage. Like you said, construction workers. Um, the foundation of be... a good founder. Exactly. Solving the problems that they are in a unique position to solve because they know the problem and they've been seen the problem. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't it. agree more. And, and to start out with, though, if you're just starting out, it, the vision doesn't have to be that grand, right? It's just start no, out it doesn't. with like a hobby that you picked up, or if you have a dog, is there something that you want to track relative to, you know, walks for the dog or, or something right. like that, right? If yeah, these are simple use if cases. You're up, yeah, if you're picking up fasting or if you're just started working out, right, uh, can you build a quick app to track your workouts and have that on your phone just for yourself? And or, that in itself will give you the, the motivation required to get from idea to a functional prompt. Sure. I, I totally agree. So with that being said, um, I made a simple list today. And when I say simple, I mean, these are not the, these are not our opinions of what's best. So don't, um, you know, throw fire at us. <laughs> um, the, these are or, or simply throw fire we'll, at us and, right. and we'll include you in the list. <laughs> right. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. But these are about what we thought was, easier to use out of the box versus flexibility and design. That's the way I kind of took a look at it. And they are platforms that have stood the competition over time. They, they're not the newest necessarily, but they are the ones with the most resource educational resources because they have been around for quite some time and they've learned about the community, their users and, you know, have different, they solve different kinds of makers and builders. So today I'm going to talk about, some of those um, I want to start out with um, um, mobile app builders, right? No code mobile app development is um, one of the spaces that's very interesting to me. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it's uh, just like I was saying, if you're picking up uh, a new hobby or a new habit, like working out or, or something like that, Having something on your phone that you built that has your custom settings, I don't think anything that could be more empowering than that because it's so personal and something that you built and you built it like within a day. So what are some of the mobile app builders that, that help us do that, Seth? So for beginners, um, I'm definitely going to start off with GlideApps.com. GlideApps has been around, you know, since, you know, they're one of the first mobile app uh builders in the space. Um, I can't say enough good things about Glide apps. You know, there are such a big community of Glide, build, uh, Glide app builders out there these days. Um, if you just type in Glide apps, you're going to find more resources than even this podcast, but we are here to help you, you know, look you in that direction. So um, why I chose Glide apps is because uh, Glide apps literally is a mobile app builder it lets you use a Google uh, sheet um, and they've even extended to other forms of databases now, but we won't get into that today. We'll talk about the core of what their product does. It's, a, you, you know, I really like how they described it as let's say you've never built in your life. You probably have tons of Google sheets though, already in your computer, just sitting there that have data in them, right? Yeah. You might already have a mobile app and you don't even know it. So you take that existing uh, Google sheet with all your data in it, 
plug it into a template on Glide Apps and boom. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit more than that, but that is the basis of how quick you can get up and running. Uh, Glide Apps are progressive web apps. Uh, they can be used on both mobile and web now with Glide Pages, mm -hmm. from what I understand yeah. from looking. It's been a while since I've built with Glide Apps, but I, it was one of the first, uh, it was the first mobile app I built. And I think it was a stocks app. I didn't even publish it online. I, th I killed it actually and deleted it. It was called Stocks with a Z. I don't know. Okay. Was, and I basically connected with with Google Finance using yeah. a. I think it was a. I, I connected to Google Finance, but I did it through Google Sheets uh, add-ins. Yeah. And it was it was and so simple. It took me like thirty minutes. Now. Yeah. Now the platform is even better for beginners. There's so much more that they've built on that we, we didn't have in 2018. Uh, yep. So, like, the community has just grown. There's awesome, you know, community on that. Uh, definitely, if you want to build a mobile app, just go take a look at it and really uh, dive in. Yeah, so it's pretty great. Um, yep. Next on the list, Adalo. I got to give it to Adalo, right? Um, Adalo has been around uh similar time as Glide. Uh I really the doll was the second choice for me naturally as I went through my journey back in like 2019 2018 um I did build a mobile app um and I never I never finished it because I had some different ideas and then life got busy but um I actually did go through a build and do uh it was called no code locals it was just okay. it was supposed to be like a map and, uh, right. you know, where people like a social map where people could just, you could just see, um, who like signed up for, or, uh, or who was in the no code around you. Right. Just using Google maps. Right. So, uh, yeah. Adalo is a really good builder. I really do like the cons. Uh, I really do like some of their features. Um, they're out of the box features, like their components and their marketplace and just mm -hmm. the visual layout of how you, it almost kind of looks like a mind map. It reminds me of a mind map. So it's very visual. Um, it almost feels like a, like a mixture of Figma and a mind map. Right. It, it's very strange, right? Uh, but um, I think that uh, Adalo definitely has a slight increase of learning curve because it does use its own internal database. And, but you can connect to other sources, right? But mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if I want to get into connecting Airtable today because I don't think that's the point of this. No, let's not um, do that. Uh, but I think yeah, for um, sure. What you're saying is that all those kind of a step up in it is a step up available for sure. functionality. But they, yeah, yeah, for sure. And they they do just like Glide Apps have templates so you can get started. Um, you know, they have a lot of uh, good uh, community. Uh, their team is always building, iterating. So um, just go check it out for yourself. And um, there is one I listed on here based on the community. And I know. People are going to be like, you've never tried it, but I've never used Dunkable. I never have got to try it. And I've always been wanting to, and maybe I will now. But uh, Thunkable has grown from what I can see uh, on tw you know, Twitter throughout the pandemic. And they were, they've done a lot of, uh, uh, had a lot of additions to their product and their features. So yeah. um, if you've built bubble uh, with Thunkable, um, I have heard that it's, um, that it's definitely been around for a while, but um, it's more of like maybe like a like a jigsaw, maybe like a jigsaw like puzzle type of like logic builder where you right. can actually take right. those components and uh, you can publish it 
to uh, you can publish it to the iOS store and Google Play, which I didn't mention mm-hmm. on Glide and uh, Dalo, but you can actually publish your apps, mobile apps, to the Play Store. So um, right. Yeah, definitely go check out Thunkable and let me know because I've never used this one. But I, I, the only reason I listed it here is based on the communities and uh, other people's uh, talking about it, uh, about how, you know, you can get started right away too. Yeah, and, and sometimes I don't quite know how to think about tools that have been around for a long time, especially no-code tools. Um, sure. As we get into website builders and web app builders, we'll talk about some of the some of these platforms that have been around since like the early 2010s. And sometimes that's actually a disadvantage because the tech stack that they've been built on is probably already outdated and they're kind of building on top of it so many layers that it's very hard for for them to course correct if um, uh, if a new layer of technology comes up that kind of upends the platform that they're built on. Uh, but sure. I feel like Thunkable has done quite a good job of retaining the community and also still continuing to empower more and more users. Yeah, yeah, and I feel that Thunkable definitely had was 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 uh, just from my understanding, like had a challenge. Right, was definitely being challenged uh, because the space was getting competitive, so they yeah. definitely needed to rethink their strategy. But I, I think uh, I saw a lot of in pandemic. I think the founder Thunkable was on a. Um, did a video with Emmanuel from Bubble too. Like all the founders kind of came together. Stacker founder was there, I think. But okay. it, it was really interesting. But it was really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So go check it out. You know. So we talked um, about three different mobile app builders. So we talked about Glide Apps, Adalo, and Thunkable. Um, let's move on to building a website. So if someone were to build, and even before a website, maybe let's talk about like a simple landing page. So if someone just wants to collect email IDs and build a landing page, um, I remember there were a bunch of landing page builders that were starting to ship back in 2012, 2013, where all they could do was, you know, have a landing page up. Um, And then newsletter tools started to add landing page functionality built in where you could kind of link a URL and build a landing page that came custom with like a convert kit or something like that. But if you wanted to build a landing page, but you didn't really use a newsletter service yet, you just wanted to collect interest and, um, and, and start validating your idea, which is one of the things that we advise people do very early during their planning stage for their build. What what do you what do you use to build like a simple landing page today? Twenty two. So, hands down, this is how I discovered no code. I, I'm going to give it to Card. It's Card with C A R R D, Card. Double R. So Card is still one of the coolest stories of a product that I've ever seen to this day. Um, Card has been around for. A while now, more than you know, longer than I've been in this space. That's for sure. But uh, Card yeah. uh, was is a website builder to build simple landing pages. Uh, I'm talking about. It is the most. It was the most easiest for me as a first tool to really jump in, even before Glide apps, because this was for literally. I want to build a one page portfolio website, and I want to stick my resume on there. I mean, literally, it's it was, it's meant to be simple. It's meant to be visual, drag and drop, very, yeah. very out of the box, 
user friendly. I can't really suggest it more. And I still have a premium membership yearly and use card for to validate so many like things, you know, and we see tons of people yeah. who still use card and they're advanced builders, right? That have moved on to other uh, products and no code services, but like card has definitely stood the test of time. I mean, I just can't re recommend it anymore. If you want to build tomorrow your portfolio website, let's say you mm -hmm. want to go by janedoe.com, right? Your name is Jane Doe, and you want to go by your .com domain, right, on Google. Yeah. Because you want to have a website for you. I would go with card. And you, literally, you can get that going in a couple of weeks. I mean, like, or not even that. But it just depends. Well, on your, in, in a couple of how hours, fast you're planning on, on. And it, yeah, my bad. So what I meant to say is that, like, yeah, within not even probably an hour or two. But this yeah. is depending on your skill set and depending on, you know. But this is where you should start, hands down. Yeah. Out of all that, yeah, let, let's talk about. Gonna... Uh, let's talk about the next step above from that, right? So if if you we talked about like just a landing page, but if you then want to build like maybe more of a static site. Um, Sure. Full-blown website with a backend CMS. How are some? Uh, how how do you go about it if you want to build it quick? Mm, quick. Mm. Well, okay. I guess I'll break this down into things. Okay, if you really want to get into a little bit more of like a, you want to talk about static sites or being able to yeah. uh, just build like maybe like a multi-page website, right? Is that mm -hmm. what you mean? Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, yeah. let's talk about like, uh, so I would definitely talk about Doric, um, and, uh, I don't want to say Wix or Squarespace. I think Wix and Squarespace do have an actual good use case though. I do. I have seen, uh, uh, targeted, but I'll talk about that in a second. Cause I had just thought about it before okay. this episode started. Um, but okay. I think Doric is a great spot. Um, if, if you're new. Uh, it's called D O R I K. Uh, they've only been around a few years and they, uh, it's, it's just really awesome. If you want to step up from card, you want a little bit more uh, flexibility, uh, maybe some di dynamic, right? Is it dynamic? I'm not sure. Uh, it's dynamic. Right? Yeah. It's, they have their own CMS mm -hmm. and CMS is a content management system. You know, we won't get into the details of that today, but that basically means you can, uh, have data like a blog that it will say you want to have a blog on a website, right? And you can host data there in a CMS table to, uh, that automates and, uh, updates with your website as you uh, yeah. change your website. Right. And you don't have to make these changes every time on a server. Right. So it's, a uh, it's pretty awesome. Okay. Just, if you want to build like a little bit more advanced website that has a little bit more, maybe design details too. Um, you yeah, know, customality in the back end to uh, just go check it out. That's all. That's all we're gonna say on that. Um, yeah, and and I want to talk about to that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about. Go ahead. Let's talk about Bix. Go ahead. You want to talk about Dork? I mean, because uh, we are using uh, as of right now, we're using Dork for our uh, My No Code Story podcast uh, website. If you want to go check yeah, it out for I mean, as the an example, right? Yeah, the, the website, website isn't much right now, but uh, we have big plans for for the web uh, portion of my no code story. Uh, but we are using Doric 
Um, a couple of others that I wanted to highlight were like Webflow, obviously, right? So a lot of people have probably heard of Webflow. Um, it's also decent enough for beginners to pick up and maybe use a template that they found online and create a website. And then there's one more that people aren't really talking about, which I discovered back in, I want to say 2012. And this is a website called Strikingly, strikingly.com. Have you heard of these guys? I've heard of it, but I've never looked at it. So they started out as a one-page website builder where you could have like links at the top right. And then when you clicked on a link, it would just scroll to that part of the page, you know, those, those types of elements. Um, so they basically specialized in creating really beautiful websites that looked like they had several links, but it was essentially a one-page website. I think they've now developed significantly because uh, they didn't even own the .com back then when, when I learned of them. Uh, but they've now started to include things like, you know, signups, login, live chat, forms, newsletters, and stuff like that. So it really yeah, I have like heard of that, but yeah, that's cool. The needle. That actually, yeah, I had heard about it, but I never, I had, the space started saturating so much and, you know, growing that I just, um, there's one actually I've forgotten here. And I really think it's good depending on what you want to build. Unstack. Okay. Unstuck. I think definitely right. for like marketers, uh, it's built. I think it's definitely built more for um, marketers, right? Uh, sales funnels. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you definitely want to build like a quick page. But uh, they even have. Um, I've never, I've never used Unstack yet, but I really, I even, even me, I, I definitely want to go try it out. Um, Unstack is built by. Uh, I think it's owned by. Uh, I don't know who owns it or if it was acquired, but. I heard that they have like, um, yeah, they have Shopify. You can easily add Shopify's e-commerce point of sale features. Yeah. And okay. Google Pixel. So it's definitely, I think it's definitely more of a, of a, uh, a one page landing page. Maybe if you want to have like a sales page, right. Mm -hmm. if you're trying to build a one, a landing site for, a uh, your real estate company and you want to make that sell yeah. or, you know, you want to definitely want to appeal to your audience, but, uh, yeah, it's really good. And I had forgot about it, but uh, a lot of people talk about it, but, um, it's sometimes missed, you know? Interesting. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll go check it out. And then as you're talking about databases earlier, you mentioned Google sheets, um, and you mentioned Airtable in passing, but maybe just give like a, a beginner 10,000 foot view into what, what Airtable represents. Airtable is Google Sheets on steroids and drugs, hard drugs. Hard drugs. All right. Hard drugs. Noted. Yeah. Literally. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's like the space station of using a spreadsheet, you know, I, I it, has all these levers and buttons and shiny toys and it definitely expands you, uh, your view of what you can actually do with data. Right. As we've talked yeah. about on, uh, another episode, we actually talked about, uh, Howie, the founder mm -hmm. of, uh, Airtable and, uh, I did a kind of a brief introduction of, you know, the found the story of Airtable. So, um, yeah. Airtable, what it does really is, I mean, it shows you that there's so many different ways to use your data. And as you learn no code, you'll quickly hear about Airtable and you probably already have. Um, so, you know, you, you know, you definitely, you have, you have your data in a, in a table 
Um, they show you that you can, you know, have many views with your data. Uh, you want to have a Kanban style. You want to have a gallery or do you want to have it a list um, kind of like Trello or, or whatever you want to do. But then they mm -hmm. really add onto that with automations and integrations from third parties where you can really use that and collaborate and also yeah. bringing in your team. And uh, there's just so many use cases with Airtable that I, I get confused just even talking about it because there really is. It's grown yeah. so much that th there's a lot of broad cases now, right? That I remember when it was really niche, right? Back in back when, and you know, they it was good for you know doing these couple things. But now, I mean, Airtable is being used to power uh, apps within that are and websites on Webflow, right? Or yep. Bubble. I mean, you can literally power other no code platform builders on backend with using Airtable. So all yeah, these and, tools are integrated and it gives you additional capabilities. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there are a couple of things I'll say about Airtable. Number one, I think we should contact their marketing team because we're doing their job for them. Right. So that's uh, number sure. one. We've got to write to their marketing team. And hey, uh, but, but I definitely have some uh, improvements they, they can make too. I'll uh, give them a list <laughs> of improvements. So, so I, you might want to hold up on the, Okay. Uh, them giving us an endorsement. Uh, they might just shut me down if I uh, start listing out the things that I, no, I'm right. just playing, but no, but, but uh, uh, you I know, think the, yeah. a little more on sort of the, the serious front. Um, the key thing about Airtable is that it powers a lot of these web app builders that you're starting to see. So there are a lot of like app builders that are now uh, sitting on top of Airtable, providing a front end to your app. So as long as you could get the data in Airtable, you could kind of display it in on your website in a different format. And then they also have these extensions now that are starting to get really powerful. So they're layering in things like location information with maps, um, layering in you know all types of stuff uh, in addition to just the different data types that they already supported. And I think where they really win is with scale. Um, so I, I know that they're starting to be used now in the enterprise space pretty heavily. They hired a lot of like enterprise sales uh, folks, which means they're making a big push into that space. So uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see enterprises using modern technology stacks like Airtable um, to, to power their backend and really create internal applications rather than, you know, have people populate data into a spreadsheet, uh, especially when you're in like a 20% team or something and you need to collect input. You have this combination of forms that can capture good information, but you can't really do much with that information on the fly. Like you cannot give some interactive elements to the end user. Yeah. But with something like Airtable, you can. Yeah, right. such a great point. That's such a great point because, you know, no code appeals, like, you know, for the beginners here, uh, no, no code appeals to a lot of, you know, it sounds like a lot of consumer applications and creating applications for consumers. But there are all these whole other use cases for enterprise and just or, or for small business, right? Building for small teams where you can all jump in to an Airtable and make updates to data um, and understanding uh, just the power of being able to do that, you know, instead of yeah. working out of one spreadsheet and then s sending it in an email to each other, it just, it, the file becomes corrupted over time and it just doesn't even work anymore. You can't even open it. Right. When so many people, yeah. it's it just, uh, it's just crazy. You know, so that's something I didn't really touch on earlier, but yeah, it's such an important uh, is internal, internal tools and internal teams 
working together simultaneously, you know, whether they're job in different teams or however big the organization is. Right. But I think yeah. you, I, I like your point on the uh, security and um, moving into the enterprise, because I think there's a lot of definitely work that needs to be done, you know, onto uh, um, a lot of these no code app builders, you know, for sure. Um, security compliance. Yeah. Why? So I think that that's why the enterprise, some a lot of large enterprises might be still hesitant uh, over using it, not because of the actual tool itself, uh, but because of laws and you know uh, data for their customers. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different things that it's not always the tool. Some people don't use some people don't use a tool not because they don't like it, but because they, they legally can't. You know, yeah. so we got to understand that, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it's great. And, and I think the final bucket where we, we might have already talked about this is uh, Zapier, right? So on the automation side, you have Zapier and then we used to have Integromat, but they're now called Make. So those are the two sort of services that you tend to talk about in the same breath, uh, typically when you refer to automation. Uh, but yep. to be fair, there are a lot of other tools that offer some automation. Uh, it's limited, That's but, true. They do, and, but it's a growing subset of tools. So you could take something like Notion and uh, with their new API, start to pull in data from forms and, and do some kind of automation uh, where you, you at least move data around and have everything in the same place. Uh, same thing with Coda. They're doing a lot of automation related stuff, especially with their packs that they've announced where yep. people can APIs. build packs on top of Coda. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then and of packs, course, Airtable. Packs, if you're a beginner, I want to explain what a pack is. Pack is basically just a uh, connection to, let's say, Spotify. There you go. It's yeah. just a connection to this app when he says packs. So they just call them packs, right? Yeah, exactly. And then Airtable Fancy has also for... had some, some automations. So if you're yep. coming from like the spreadsheet world and you've used macros to automate a bunch of workflows, this will all come really naturally to you. And I just kind of pick up one tool and try to build a use case out and then figure out what problem you want to solve. Yep. Uh, totally agree. All right. So um, I think we, uh, we're going to break this up into two parts. We're going to have to, um, but um, what did we, what did we learn today, Seth? Do you want to kind of recap what we learned for, uh, for the beginner user? Yeah. Um, you know, so, our goal wasn't to try to confuse you. Um, we, if we have, then we, we'd love to know how we can improve. Obviously, you can reach out to us and just tell us. We're transparent. We don't care. Just let us know um, ha, um, yeah. if you have any questions, um, for sure. Uh, but what I really wanted to talk about today is, um, yeah, just start today. Really, you know, I know you've heard that before. Sounds like a Nike commercial, right, or something like that. But just start today. It really, it really does make sense. Um, there is no right or wrong time to start. Um, we all know that, uh, you know, the the community is so helpful on Twitter. Uh, some of the coolest people I've met um, on there are, to this day help will help. Uh, you just ask a question with the hashtag no code, and you can get started right away. There will be somebody that chimes in and helps you. I know that for a fact. That's that's a it's a hands down. Um, yeah. that's the great thing about this community is we're always looking to help people. Um, we're not trying to outprove anyone. We're trying to grow the community. We're trying to grow the tools, uh, and see how we can build the future of, 
uh, advancing how and who can build online yeah. tools, uh, products, right? That's what this is all about, you know? Um, so today I really just wanted to leave you with that and give you a good starting point and a couple of tools. Um, and some of you might've already knew this if you're, if you're listening to us, like I said, but, um, Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere. Right. So, um, yeah. And, um, I'll kind of underscore that by saying, as we're thinking through, you know, what people might be interested in learning about in the no code space, we're planning a, a lot of great content over the next, you know, four to six weeks, especially. And oh, yeah. uh, we'll start pulling in some creator stories and uh, we'll start talking about you know, <clears throat> other no code platforms that might be useful for more advanced use cases. Um, but this is a phenomenal starting point for anyone that's just beginning. Sure. Let us know your feedback. We, we'd love to hear from you. You could uh, ping Seth or myself on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handles are in the show notes um, uh, of, of this episode. You could also just write to host at minocodestory.com and uh, we'll, we'll get those emails and um, make sure that we keep that feedback in mind as we plan out future episodes. Awesome. That'll do it for today. Thanks, everyone. All right. That was the show. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed it and got a ton out of it. If you did, there are two things you need to do. Number one, make sure you subscribe to the show to get notified when a new no-code story drops. And number two, I want to ask you a favor. Who's the one person you know who would absolutely benefit from hearing this story? Text them right now and send them to mynocodestory.com and reference this episode. Maybe they're an entrepreneur. Maybe they can use this episode to level up at their job. Or maybe they're just someone who loves creating new things. Do it. Subscribe and then send them the text. Make a difference. Thanks again and I'll see you on the next one.